Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. The predictions are rather dire. The North American Electric Reliability Corporation released an assessment for what the summer's going to look like in terms of blackouts throughout the country. And if you've lived through a blackout, you know that it can be a scary and, and very actually dangerous kind of thing. Now we're going to talk with John Mora, who is, is the Director of Reliability Assessment and Performance Analysis with NERC, we're going to call them N-E-R-C. Um, John, welcome to Of Consuming Interest. This was a really rather um, scary report because I think you said that this was one of the grimmest pictures that your organization has painted in a while for the, the for the stability of our electric grid. And before we get into analyzing that, I would like you to just give us a, a brief overview. What is your agency, your corporation? What does it do? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to keep us protected, right? So that we don't have outages. Yeah, Shirley, and thank you. Yeah, thank you uh, for the invitation to talk with you today. Um, yeah, I think that that's right, and certainly didn't mean to scare you, but it was certainly there to get your attention. NERC's got a long history. Uh, we conduct reliability assessments, but we also establish standards, the rules for operating and planning the largest uh, bulk power system in the world. Uh, we cover uh, three con uh, three uh, 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 countries, the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. And we've been doing these assessments for, again, more than 50 years. And uh, one of the points for them is to really gain attention from uh, the policymakers and the industry leaders to take action and address the concerns we, we, we we're seeing. So we work with industry. We work with the government agencies that oversee us. And together, we develop plans and approaches for making sure our grid remains reliable. Okay, now that all sounds good, but you're telling us that this is not a good picture that we've got for this coming summer. And there are a number of factors, I gather, that are contributing to that assessment, which includes droughts, um, the supply chain, uh, a disruptions of the supply chain, um, Solar is not going to be reliable if you're in an area that's going to have a lot of forest fires due to drought and dry conditions, and in in some cases, poor management of the, uh, the forest. Um, anyway, where do we go, John? I mean, um, you're the group that's supposed to be out there setting this up. What kind of power do you have? to make changes and and do you have the ability to push back to the current administration i don't want to make this a political discussion because i don't do politics but there is a push with this administration to do a lot of things that are cutting back on our fossil fuel supply our natural gas that uh supply which same thing i guess um what can you all do? Can you make recommendations? Um, do you work with lawmakers? How do you go about influencing the direction that's going on right now? A lot of people seem to feel that we're rushing to be green. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being green, but if we're going to get there, we need to do it in a rather, uh, I would think, organized and carefully planned out way. And it, it seems to me like some of those factors are playing a part 
and what's going on right now with your prediction. Charlie, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic that you've read our report, clearly. So, oh, uh, I yeah. did read it, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you absolutely uh, got ma many of the points and the factors that are uh, really risking some of the things that we hold really valuable, the liability of the bulk power system. And, and, and I think it's really important to know that reliability is, uh, the, is really the benefit of years and years of planning. And so these are things that years ago we planned so that at the moment consumers flip the light switch, they uh, have a generator out there that's powering that, that additional demand. It's, uh, it's kind of an extremely complex, closed, non-linear system. And, and so as we see the grid, the grid transforming, again, we're bringing on more renewables, we're retiring uh, resources faster than we have. And we're really seeing some of the reliability metrics that we use to plan the system really degrade in ways we haven't seen before, like you mentioned. So, so really to get to your question, well, what can we do? Well, again, you know, because reliability is, uh, takes years and years of planning, and there's not too many really solid things we can do for the upcoming summer, except prepare, look at demand side options, um, and really rely on the local utilities to uh, give us guidance around kind of the best ways that consumers can 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 uh, take action and be resilient to any disruptions that they might they might be seeing. Um, when, beyond that, it's really about long-term solutions. We've got to build more transmission. We've got to make sure the gas system is as reliable as the electric system, so that we can bridge to this new future. Okay, so. And, and I, what I hear you saying is that we need to be very responsible in how we plan and how we start making changes. Some of the criticism of the current administration is that they're rushing to be green without having those plans in place. But now let's go back just a minute. Let, we're talking about the power grid. I don't understand the power grid. I had someone tell me this thing that there's no such thing as a countrywide power grid, that there's little segments of grids in various and sundry areas is, can you explain to me what the power grid is? Yeah, absolutely. So there's really four different interconnections across North America. There's the Quebec interconnection, there's an Eastern interconnection, there's a Western interconnection, and there's the Texas interconnection. And they're really all kind of separate uh, different connections, uh, interconnections, they operate uh, synchronously to each other but they are isolated from each other. Many of the, of the benefits is that we have these large systems to, to, to uh, utilize um, across wide areas. That helps reliability. When there's weather challenges in one area, we can transport power to areas that aren't experiencing the power. However, when we're seeing large droughts, um, you know, a, a uh, over-reliance on um, uh, uh, weather-based resources that um, that are dependent on weather, certain weather types, you know, we, it, it is much harder to transport that power around there to serve all the load. And that's the challenges we see in the future is that we're going to this new transformation really quickly. And our, how do we really have all the firm generation that we need to make sure those systems can operate reliably? Uh, okay. My next question is going to be to you is to 
how you all influence what's going on. But before we do that, let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned in to Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is John Mora. He is the Director of Reliability Assessment and Performance Analysis, and he's with the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, and we're learning about them. And, and honestly, John, I have to tell you, I knew that you existed somewhere off in the space somewhere, but I didn't know much about you. And this has been a very eye-opening and interesting um, thing for me to do to learn about your organization and what you do. So now let's go back to what kind of influence do you all have in saying, whoa, maybe we need to put the brakes on a little bit and do a little bit more planning and make sure we're doing things in a reasonable, timely fashion but not rushing and causing really severe disruptions to the country. Uh, do you all have that kind of a uh, power? I mean, I, I don't know, maybe you don't want to answer that, but no, no, <laughs> I need no, to no. That's, that's, that's quite all right, Shirley. Yeah, so, so NERC is the Electricity Reliability Organization in the US. And so with that certification, we're able to authorize and develop and promulgate reliability standards. So certain rules of the road. It's basically the instruction manual for how to run the system. And so we can develop certain rules that make sure the system remains reliably reliable. What we can't do is require the construction of transmission or electric generation resources. That's kind of inherently a state function. And so while we so while we are kind of the stakeholder organization working to set certain rules, we have to carefully work with all the states and all the 1800 different asset owners across North America. And I think it's easy to say, you know, be a critic and say, wow, that's, you know, a mess. How, you know, no one has control. But in fact, I think it's quite brilliant because reliability and energy is really everyone's issue. And it's really important to get everyone on the same page around what the plans are. So we have confidence about our future, our investments in, in a reliable modern power system. So basically, if the government decides they're gonna do something, they can push ahead with their planning, um, whether you advise against it or not. Um, now, I don't, I don't see hear you saying that you say you shouldn't do this. I hear you saying you should do this. Is that would that be a fair analysis? Yeah, we're we're mostly policy agnostic. We don't really have a view on the policy, but okay. when we do when we do see policies, we're obligated to look at what the reliability impacts are. And so okay. and so our assessments cover, well, if you go that way, here's the types of risks and issues you might see. If you go this way, here's the types of issues and risks you might see. Either way, you need enough time and you need enough um, um, uh, alignment across the federal and state governments to assure that that plan will be successful. Who are the people that you convey this to? Is it basically on the federal level or are you going to individual uh, stakeholders across the country? Yeah, it, You're it is doing really, it at the federal level, I gather. Yeah, it's it's an all hands um, approach. At the federal level, we need to understand the implications to the interstate transmission system. We need to understand the, the implications to the interstate pipeline system. And of course, at the state level, we need to make sure that the policies line up so that we can actually build 
these resources and assure that the customers within those states get the benefits out of the more reliable system. It's quite difficult to build a transmission line across the country, right? When you build a transmission line from Wyoming to New Jersey, we really need to be able to prove what the benefits are to every state that it that it crosses. And so these are really kind of the challenges that we have right now as we're kind of transition to this, the, uh, 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 this kind of transitioning system. I read one report that said that uh, reliability is, is really um, getting worse, much worse. As I, there was some comparison um, to 20, 2000, where less than 12 um, outages, but whereas in 2020, there were 880. Now, um, and the average utility customer went from eight hours of failure, power failure, to 16 in 2020 within a seven year period. Now, how, what do we attribute that to? You, you all are supposed to be doing the planning. Where are you in all of this? And why yeah, is it happening? Yeah, you know, Shirley, that, that may be true. Um, but when we look at the NERC uh, footprint, when we look at the bulk power system, that's really the part of the system that we're responsible for. The customer outages, the high customer outages are mostly on the distribution side. And so we don't so really you're saying have- that's the local, that's a local that's issue. That's kind of a local, local thing. Now, if you look at the bulk system, the bulk system has never been more reliable. We operate the system so that there's no cascading interruption. We are highly likely to not see the things we've seen in 2003 and 1965, these kind of large, what, the reason why we're here, we're likely not to see those because of our mandatory reliability standards. However, on the, on the horizon is really where the risk is. And so while we're, we're doing good right now, it's really this horizon that we're we're most um, we're most uh, concerned. Well, there are a lot of factors in there that you can't control, such as the the drought, or perhaps we have some control over things like that. But uh, when we're when we're cutting out sources, reliable sources of energy, and relying on, for example, solar power um, and uh, wind power, those things become a lot more iffy in terms of whether or not Mother Nature is going to cooperate and give us what we need to power and cool and heat our homes and so on. Um, how, do, how does one get around that? I mean, you're, I know you don't, you're not an organization that uh, is, you're not consumer, or I don't mean to say this in a negative way, but you're not looking at the consumer, you're looking at the picture of helping the consumer. But what is the consumer supposed to do with all of this? These are these are a little bit scary reactions. We're, I'm sitting here in Washington, D.C., and it, gets awfully hot here in the summertime. Um, how do we or where can we go to learn about ways that we can uh, help ourselves in terms of, of um, providing and preparing or is there any way to prepare for an outage? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, when we look at our summer assessment, again, which kind of gives the overall the bulk system perspective, you can kind of see where the high risk areas and the, right. and the right. elevated. Yep. So you, you have a general idea. Um, and, and these areas, you know, unsurprisingly, are really on that leading edge of bringing so much renewables uh, online and also retiring generation kind of in this 
disorderly fashion. And so though at least those areas, you can be able to understand that my area, I've got certain risks that this bulk system is concerned with. But beyond that, consumers really need to be in touch and be uh, understand any uh, communications that come out of their local utility. And there's these days, there's so many ways uh, to, to contact and be in touch with the local utility through social media, through emergency messaging, and the utilities want to get messages out. And so th that is really where a customer should turn to in terms of both pr preparing, but also knowing what to do um, during if, if there's so if there's a chance where there's um, conditions where there's uh, some outages that might be occurring in a certain area. Uh, let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into of consuming interest here on the Federal News Network. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is John Mora. He is with NERC which is the North American Electric Reliability Corporation. And we're talking about the organization's predictions that we're probably gonna have more rolling blackouts this summer than what we've experienced. Uh, it, it may not be a comfortable summer. And John, you very kindly were saying to us, and I think you make a lot of sense that what we need to do as consumers is to reach out to our local utilities, find out what kind of things they advise us to do if we do suffer a blackout and be a little bit prepared uh, beforehand, although I don't know whether that's possible or not, because um, if we don't have electricity, fans are not going to work, for example. Um, so it's it's kind of hard uh, for consumers. I guess we've got so used to just flipping a switch and miracles happen that we don't really stop and think about it. But you all, and and I appreciate the fact that you come on and talk about this very frankly, that we are pushing some things too fast may be uh, interfering with what's going on. But then again, we as consumers need to make our voice heard through social media, through letting our uh, legislators know what we feel about what's going on out there. So I think that's a very good point. What, what else would you advise? Um, I mean, you as a homeowner, John, what do you do? I'm assuming, I, I don't know if you have a house, apartment or what, it doesn't really matter. How do you protect yourself? Yeah, well, it's a great question, and certainly it depends where where I am in in the country. In the South, uh, we where I am in Atlanta, you know, the the, the local utility is not projected to have any challenges. In some other areas that have experienced some challenges, that have been through some mm -hmm. rough experience, I think that they now have some lessons learned from those prior experiences. In California, uh, you know, they experienced that a couple years ago where they had some rolling outages. And then, of course, in, in Texas, where they had a, a rolling outages during uh, the winter win, winter periods, which Think was caused by you, which was really an ironical thing, which was caused by the solar uh, powered, the wind powered uh, uh, generators freezing, which <laughs> I mean, who would think yeah. that? It was it was really a bizarre set of circumstances, but it just goes to show that it can it can happen anywhere. Yeah, and combined with uh, the the natural gas system that uh, had shut down for, for a bit in certain places, so really, you know, all these things can happen. And so, as a homeowner, you asked early, you know, I want to be prepared. I want to be in contact with the operators of of my power system. Uh, I want to uh, uh, have a pr a plan and uh, and 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 implement that if 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 I need to. 
Well, I mean, if people can afford it, they can buy generators, which use natural gas. And I, I don't think we're talking about a supply um, of natural gas disruption, although there may be, who knows. Um, but it, natural gas, it can be expensive. It can be very expensive to put in a private generator in your home. So that kind of leaves out an awful lot of people who are going to have to deal with some of the issues. But um, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Let's hope that we we make it through the summer without too much incident. Um, so, John, what what do you see? Let's say down the down the road, the next five years, if we continue, and not, maybe you don't don't want to answer this question, but if if we continue on the path we're on right now, moving toward green energy and perhaps what some might characterize as a reckless uh, dash to get there. Um, what do you see us happening over the next five years? Because it doesn't seem to me that we're doing things to make it better. I know that you all are doing your darndest out there, but but there's only so much you can do. What does your crystal ball tell you? Yeah, that, that, that's right, Shirley. You know, there's only so much we can do, but together I think we can we can do a lot. And so how do we get aligned? You know, I think that the energy transition is happening. So, you know, it's you know, our views is, is we're not a critic to the transition, right. uh, but what it does speak to is our role in raising awareness of this and also recognizing that we need to manage the pace. This is really the greatest challenge to rely reliability. The energy transition, it can be navigated in a reliable way, but it really needs to be prioritized. Mm -hmm. And the federal government, DOE, you know, they're helping address this need with funding from transmission development and, and research, batteries, storage. These are key research and development efforts that are part of that uh, transition. We're not going to build transmission in the next five years, um, but in the next 10 years. And so we really need to get started. Trans, trans, we, we cannot achieve goals without building transmission. So we really need to get started on that and, and determine what our transmission policy and plan is going to be so that we can have a reliable system and also meet the goals of the energy transition. And that's up to us too to make our voices heard to tell our legislators look, look put a put a realistic plan in place so that we can all live with it um without losing lives because people can die during a heat wave or during a, a crisis in the wintertime if it's extremely cold. So um, it, at any rate, it's you've given us something to think about, John, and 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 it's really interesting. I've thoroughly enjoyed learning about your organization and knowing more about you, and I hope our listeners will feel the same way and uh, understand that this is a really complex issue that we're talking about here. There's an awful lot of moving parts that need to put together, work together, and uh, we thank you for taking the time to join us today. So um, what is your website, John, that people, if they want to read more about your organization and read your what your your summary that you all have written about your forecast of what's going to happen, uh, what it's, is your website? It's www.nerc.com, and we're available on social media as well. Okay, it's it's uh, www nerc.com okay um thank you thank you john i really uh, enjoyed talking with you um you've been listening to of consuming interest 
right here on the Federal News Network. My guest has been John Mora, who is the Director of Reliability Assessment and Performance Analysis with the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, affectionately known as NERC. Again, John, thank you for helping to inform our, our listeners of things that we need to anticipate and that we also need to make our voices heard. I think that's uh, that's one of the most important lessons. I'm Shirley Rooker. Thank you for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.